Welcome into the Big Boys Sports Corner. I'm Randall Davis along with Nick Winstead. Hey, coming to you with a little special today. Um, we're going to do a NASCAR special, kind of a 2022 recap. Me and Nick here, both huge racing fans. Um, really, that's gotten bigger since me and you became friends for me. I've, I've watched it for years, but since we we became friends, you know, two years ago, we've we've started going to a lot more races. And you being from Upper East Tennessee, obviously, have, have always had one pretty close. Uh, but going to talk a little bit about that and, and uh, kind of get into some of the big races and talk about maybe next year. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, just to touch on what Randall said, I think in the past, starting with uh, the fall Talladega race in 2020, I think we've been to about seven or eight races together. Together, We've been to Talladega every year. We've been to Martinsville together. We've been to uh, Daytona. We've been to Atlanta twice. Um, so, you know, as we get deeper into the season next year, you know, we'll be able to talk about tracks we've been to and and kind of uh, things we like about them, things we don't, our favorite tracks that we've been to. Um, but, yeah, just looking forward, touching on some some big races from 2022 this year and looking a little bit ahead uh, into 2023. Sounds good. Well, let's let's get dive right into it. The Daytona 500, you know, that's the the Super Bowl of NASCAR, although it's at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's what everyone calls it. That's the, the big ticket item. And, you know, that's – when you start talking about guys and races they've won and have they won championships and it's always have they won a Daytona 500, you right. know, one of the crown jewels. Right. And it's, you know, you think about guys going into the hall of fame, um, you know, myself being a big Dale and Hart junior fan, obviously never won a, a cup championship, but people look at his two Daytona 500 wins. And that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, you think about, you know, Denny Hamlin's won three, uh, Jeff Gordon's won three or four. Jimmy Johnson's won three. Um, so, yeah, it's a big – I mean, that can set up a guy's career. You think about, you know, a local guy, uh, Trevor Bain. I mean, he – in his second start, won the Daytona 500. Um, so, it's, it's a big deal. It's definitely it, – it's just there's, a, there's an aura to it. You know, when yeah. you watch the race – it just feels – obviously, it's the start of the year. They've done a couple little exhibition races and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but you know, it's the, it, it's, it's just the aura around it, you know? And so you talk about this year's Daytona 500 and, you know, it was a better one for me. Uh, big, <laughs> big Ryan Blaney fan. He's been so close so many times in those races. Great plate racer, you know, does oh, really well at the plate tracks and for him to get into that race and, and be right there at the end, you know, them trying to get a win for Penske and, and, uh, you know, Mr. Roger Penske and for it, him to get doored, you know, right there at the end was, was a tough one for me really started my dislike of Austin Cindric. You know, I'm yeah. not a, not a big team Penske loyal guy, but I am a big Ryan Blaney fan. And, uh, that one was tough to see, to see him, you know, just race it right there, race it for the end. Yeah. And, uh, but besides that, it was a good race. First race, first points paying race with the, mm -hmm. the next gen car overall i thought it was a pretty good race but i, I always i'm i'm a creature of the moment right and right if my guy doesn't get it i'm i think it's a terrible race so. yeah yeah um i mean my guy chase Elliott got got put out pretty early which he's he's good at about any track but he is a good plate racer uh but touch back on the the ryan blaney um austin cindrick deal 
you know, I understand it's it's not F one. You know, there's not team orders. Um, there's there's nothing of that like. But you you really like to think that um, two teammates at the end of the race, Austin Cindric and Ryan Blaney, that they would race. Blaney up to that. Blaney had gotten Austin Cindric up to that point. Uh, had pushed him, pushed him to the to the front throughout the day. Um, you really think, yeah, just race him clean, race him to the line, you know. But Austin Cindric, like you said, doored him up into the outside wall. And I understand, yeah, it's for the Daytona 500. It's for your first win. It's it's a huge deal. It's for a shot. Well, not a shot. I mean, you're locked into the playoffs practically but race the dude especially your your teammate who's gotten you to that point race your race your teammate clean and yeah like you said i mean i like ryan blaney he's my number two guy but i'm not a a penske guy and definitely not yeah that really started me not liking cendrick either well moving on that, that's a you know, good start to the year, though, with the next-gen car getting a, a big win for a rookie. You know, he'd, he'd ran a few races last year, but, you know, his first full-time year. Um, but you look at the, the second race that I want to talk about is the spring Atlanta race. You know, new configuration, mini Daytona Talladega. Uh, we were lucky enough to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a – from a fan standpoint, I loved it thought it was a blast you know i know there were some cl- complaints from drivers that you know we don't need to keep doing this we don't need to do that but man watching it in person the the lead changes and and just the action was non-stop and you know the previous year we had went to atlanta and watched ryan blaney get a win so for me i was excited but the race was terrible kyle larson dominated it and ryan blaney came back and and caught up to him there at the end and but the race was awful and so i thought the racing was better with the the new configuration and and the banks and uh what about you yeah obviously in in 2021 we went to the, the the spring race together and i went to both races in 21 and 22 um and in both, you think, obviously, if your guy wins, you know, Ryan Blaney won in the spring, and, and obviously that's, that's, that's your guy, and that's my number two guy. Um, in, the, in the summer, Kurt Busch won, and that was pretty cool to see, you know, a, a guy kind of towards the end of his career getting the win. Um, but, but, dang, in the, in the spring, Kyle Larson led 300-something laps, you know, and and in the in the summer in twenty one, Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch dominated the race. Uh, but yeah, I I totally agree with with this new configuration. Um, in the spring, you had forty six lead changes. Uh, in the summer, you had somewhere around fifty something lead changes at a mile and a half track. Obviously, that's something you don't get. That's a Daytona type thing. That's a Talladega type thing. Um, so for a, a competitive standpoint i understand the the gripe you know when when teams go to daytona when teams go to talladega it's it's a roll of the dice crapshoot you could finish first and lead the whole race and make a bad move and get caught up in a 20 car pileup and you kind of you don't really see that as much at atlanta uh, but we we saw it a little bit but i enjoyed it from a fan standpoint, I really enjoyed uh, the new Atlanta. It's close to us. We're about four hours from Atlanta. So it, it's it's interesting to have 
that type of, of racing at a new track. And really, Atlanta had kind of been on the decline, you know, with um, with the with the Gen 6 car. I mean, for a long time, they had one date. And then they've added two dates back. Uh, and it's something that would I really think needed revitalization. Now, do I say, hey, go do that to Texas. Go do that to Charlotte. These these D over mile and a half. No, don't do that to every single one. But I think with Atlanta being that, like you said, that mini Daytona, mini Talladega, um, I think that's a a good thing on the schedule. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, I, I think that I don't. I agree. I don't think we need to go do that to every mile and a half track. But Atlanta was was a terrible race since they really reconfigured it last time. You yeah. know, there's been good races there in different cars and but it hadn't been very good of late. So no. I thought the racing was better. And then we move on, Coda, you know, first real big uh you know, Cindric getting a win early was was kind of a shock and but you know, Coda was the start of the Ross Chastain show, you know, and I've been pretty vocal about my dislike for Ross Chastain. I I, I think he's a very talented driver, great story coming from Florida, watermelon farmer, you know, all that is a, is a great story. But I just don't like the way he races. I, I think that he's aggressive when he shouldn't be. Mm. He puts himself and other people in jeopardy when he shouldn't. And that that's not my style of racing, right? I, I right. like to, to see the person who respects people out there and, and goes and gets the win. But in saying that, man, it, it got him to the Final Four, you know, and this, yeah. was, this yeah. was the start of that, him – Moving, you know, him, Bowman, uh, Almondinger fighting for the win right there at the end. You know, he, he kind of gets in there and and gets uh, moved and comes back, races him down, gets into both of them, spins Bowman out, gets in front of Almondinger and goes and gets the checkered flag to smash that watermelon. So, you know, what do you think about Chastain, that race, just kind of Ross Chastain's year? I mean, you – you think about the race, you think about Coda. The year, the first year in, in 21 that NASCAR went to Coda, and, and, you know, a new road course in the Austin area, never designed for uh, stock cars, never designed for, for Cub Series cars. But um, the first year they went, I mean, it absolutely poured rain. I mean, down poured. Um, you had just insane wrecks. Uh, Christopher Bell ran up under Martin Truex Jr. and I mean, just terrible. But you think about the the race as a whole. The weather was better. Um, some people are not fans of road course racing. Some are. I'm I'm somewhat in the middle. I I like Watkins Glen. The Roval's fun. But for for Ross Chastain to get his his first win at a road course, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. He's not known as a as a road course guy, he in the in the Xfinity series ran well on on plate tracks, which the college cars did when he and still do when he was running there. But for him to get his first win in that dramatic of a fashion, where he had the lead, gets bumped out of the lead, bumps his way back into the lead. I mean, that's a, that's a big story. Uh, that to touch on him as a driver. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. You, does he make the races exciting? Sure. I mean, you're dive-bombing into the corner. Um, if you're making three wide passes, I mean, that, that makes racing exciting. Does that win you any kind of um, support and, and friends on the track? Probably not, yeah. except Daniel Suarez and with his teammate. But 
so in that regard, it's exciting. In the other regard, if you're doing that on lap 40 of a 300-lap race, it's probably not a good thing. It's one thing if you're going for the win, end of the race, move a guy a little bit, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. But to do it in places where you're running for eighth, where you're running on lap 100 of a 400-lap race, that, that's probably not good. So that's something that either he's going to learn to tame that or he's going to get it tamed by other drivers. You know, Denny Hamlin last year never truly backed it up but said that, you know, he would take care of things. But I, he's an extremely talented driver. He made it to the Final Four in his first real year full-time. And he raced in the 42, but uh, his first real year in, in full-time, his first year with Trackhouse, um, make it to the Final Four is a huge deal. No doubt. If you if you go on, I, I want to see him do it again next year, you know, before yeah. I say he's up there. I, I right. think he's talented, and the colleague, I'm sorry, Trackhouse mm-hmm. came from colleague. Trackhouse, great year. Both of them got wins. Ross, multiple wins with his win at Talladega. I, I just want to see him replicate it before I say he's upper echelon. Right, You know, right. it was a new year, new car. You know, looking at the the next race, we kind of want to talk about the Coke Zero 400. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Daytona, you know, plate tracks are crazy. Mm-hmm. But it was the one coming into it is the, is the last race before the playoffs. Right. Kurt Busch had, had removed his waiver, you know, where, where he wasn't going to race anymore this year. So, going into it, Ryan Blaney looked pretty good. Truex, you know, no new winner. They're both in. Right. Two cars that had been in the top five in points overall points all year and early on in the race ryan blaney gets ran into the wall you know and and has to limp a tore up car around and uh truex is seemingly looking really good and then all of a sudden he gets into gets into trouble right and and you go and and the worst thing that could happen really for truex was for a new winner at that point because blaney had caught back up got in front of him with a tore up car um and then Austin Dillon goes and wins the race, locks himself in, kicks Truex out, and first time he hadn't won a race in a few years, mm-hmm. probably back to, I don't know, 2016, 17 with Truex. Yeah, probably. Yeah, when he was with Furniture Row, I think the first year with Furniture Row in the 78 that he was that he was winless. So it, it's been a while. And Gibbs Racing is a team that the other three drivers were in the playoffs. You know, Kyle Busch got put out in the first round, but Denny Hamlin won multiple races. Christopher Bell won multiple races. Christopher Bell was a Final Four driver. Um, so did did Truex have a bad statistical year? No. I mean, he – let me pull it up here. He had uh, four top fives. That's kind of low. Fifteen top tens. That's, that's not terrible, um, but zero wins. And in this, this format of winning your end, if you don't get wins – and especially last year when you had multiple winners, um, it's it's you're not going to get in. So it, it's kind of a, a down year for Truex. But the, the thing about the race as a whole, man, and I love Daytona and Talladega. I mean, I fully admit I love we've, – we've been to both of them together. Uh, always a great time. I love watching them. But this Daytona race was crazy. You know, it's supposed to be a Saturday night race. They run it on Sunday, and it rains. It 
like it seems to do in Daytona all the time. And even you have a random pop-up shower in turn one and takes out half the field. Uh, if you've been to Daytona, you've been to Talladega, you understand it's a two Daytona two and a half mile track. Uh, it could be raining in turn one and be bright sunny on the front stretch. So Austin Dillon uh, just finds a way to survive. He's a good plate racer, uh, and he had a good year this year. He was had five top tens, or excuse me, five top fives, eleven top tens, which that's not super great, but those are career highs from him. And and had a win, finished eleventh in points, so advanced to the round of twelve. But he was he was clutch, and it, it, I think I believe they had multiple overtimes in that race, and and just found a way to make it. So that's that's the one thing about moving the cutoff race to Daytona. It's it's a total it's a crapshoot. It makes it exciting, like we talked about with Atlanta. It's exciting, and I understand it's frustrating for the drivers, but I for one, I think it was a good move for for excitement. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it, it you got to have different strategies. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're close, you got to kind of play it safe. And if you're not, you're going up there and trying to lead laps and makes for an exciting cutoff. And speaking of an overplate race, one we went to this year, the Yellowwood 500, uh, Chase Elliott gets the win. Good race. Uh, we we get down there. You know, we've went to the fall race for the last three years and. Another heartbreaker. You know, it's kind of the story of the year for for Ryan Blaney fans. He just can't seem to finish the race. Yeah. He's up front all race. He's pushing. He's getting pushed. He's, you know, like he always is at plate tracks. And coming into the last lap, Chase makes a move, and and it was a great move. You know, he, yeah. he, he drops down, gets under him, and there's nothing Ryan can do at that point except for, you know, have about 150 more yards of track, and he probably tracks him down because right. it was close. But, uh, you know, Talladega is always a great race. Fans are fun down there. Oh, yeah. The weather, you know, last year the weather wasn't good, but it's usually fall race temperatures usually end up being really good. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a good race. You know, a lot of lead changes, a lot of different comers and goers. And so I thought it was a good race. And, and another track we went to, Martinsville. You know, we went to the spring race at Martinsville and uh, was a terrible race. Oh, horrendous. You know, first, first short track race with a new car. But it was just follow the leader. You know, yeah. if you couldn't get out of the pits first, uh, you, you weren't going to win. And uh, you'd been to Martinsville a bunch of times, my first time. And, man, the track was awesome. Obviously, the $2 hot dogs, you can't beat those. No, no. But the practice, sitting down watching practice for, you know, the, the cup race was was something I hadn't experienced, you know, how close you can be in the flats and the speed going into the turns. And um, spring race was a dud, though. But let's talk about the fall race. Obviously, what's the big thing everyone's going to remember probably forever in that fall race? <laughs> just just send it, man. Ross Chastain just pulled a – I mean, what people have called and what he called a video game move. That's something you do on NASCAR Thunder 2004. He's sitting in a in a position on the last lap that he has to pick up two or three spots to get in the playoffs. He's sitting at fifth to get into the or get into the final four of the playoffs, and he's sitting there and he comes out of turn two. His spotter comes up and says, "Hey, you you need two spots." And with with this new car, it's a, it's a five five speed manual transmission. Uh, the old cars were four speed, so he 
he puts it in the in the fifth gear, which they don't they don't really run at Martinsville now. Uh, he puts it in the fifth gear and puts the literal pedal to the metal and just sends it. And I was I was watching the race. We we weren't there. I was watching it on on TV, and they're focusing on Christopher Bell winning the race and whatever. And 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 then he he makes that he made a a hail mary with the with the Roval to get into the next round. And he he has a a must win at Martinsville to get into the next round, and he does that. But all of a sudden, I see this red and black blur in the corner of the TV screen, and and I I kind of I realize okay that's that's Chastain. I thought well he's he's blown a tire or his brakes have went out. No, boy just sent it and um, turned the the fastest lap in Martinsville history because he didn't lift in Martinsville. If you if you've never never been to Martinsville or never watched the Martinsville race, it, it's like a it's a half mile paper clip. And and in the cur in the turns in turns one and two and three and four, they get down about sixty miles an hour. Like it's you're going down uh, four eleven or a highway. You get you get pretty slow in the corners and he just he looks like a blur coming. Um from a fan perspective, I was like, Holy smokes, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in a stock car. Some of the drivers were um not as pleased. Kyle Larson kind of hypocritically because he's done things like that before last year. yeah he he tried to send it uh, at darlington and and didn't get the win and he's done things like that we've we've seen other drivers do that carl edwards did it one time and it didn't work out but he he tried to do that at a big track uh, but some drivers were were pretty uh critical of it uh, some people in the media were pretty critical of it well i think it's one of those things that you're critical when it's not you Right, and when it works out for you, it's good, and and I think they'll address it. But man, what guts it takes to do that! You know, you're oh, sitting yeah. in there at the speed that he sends it. It's one of the things that Ross Chastain fans love about Ross Chastain, and and I loved it. I mean, I remember texting you, all caps, "Oh my God, what just happened?" <laughs> right, you know? and, and so it, it's definitely one of those things that don't think we'll see very many of those things again, but it was pretty cool to see that live. Yeah, you know, yeah it was it crazy. TV and, and that led us into the last race of the season. You know, getting into that last race, you, I'd said it weeks back before it that I thought Joey Logano was the favorite. I thought he had just yeah. done enough and, and getting the win early on in the round of eight to, to kind of lock himself in there at Homestead gave him some weeks to work on it, right? Yeah. And so you get there and – I still don't think he was the fastest car at Phoenix. I think it was Ryan Blaney. And I yeah. think Ryan Blaney, I don't have any proof of this, and you're never never gonna get any proof of it, but I think he was told, Hey, don't go, don't go catch him. Oh but yeah. I think Blaney was the better car. He was an ultimate teammate, unlike any of the guys that he has. Yeah. Joey's a pretty good teammate. Yeah. Cindric, you know, we, we talked about that already, but Joey gets his second championship. You know, he he's good at qualifying on them them even years. For the final four, but yeah. kind of sealed it off for the second one here this year. Yeah, and I had at the beginning of the playoffs, I'd picked my final four. Uh, I'd picked um, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, and I believe I'd picked Kyle Larson at the very beginning. So I got half of them right. But uh, yeah, Joey Logano is—he's never a super super dominant like he's not going to go out win 10 races like Kyle Larson did he's not going to go out win seven eight nine races but the guy 
is a he's a, obviously a top tier driver. Two championships, thirty one thirty one wins. And here's the crazy thing about Joey Logano is he's been full time in Cup since two thousand and nine, and the guy is thirty two years old. Yeah. So conceivably he could he could not even be in his prime because typically most most cup drivers get in their prime late thirties, early forties, and and he could be he could keep going. But you think about the race itself, yeah, Blaney had the dominant car, had a fast car. But man, I just I don't I think they really need to look at rotating the final race. Phoenix has kind of been a dud past couple years as well. And um, you know it's gonna stay with an NASCAR own track. Yeah, absolutely. But, but man, I don't know why you messed with what was good. Homestead's a great Home, track. Homestead's this a great car, track. Yeah. This car, the mile and a half tracks, it's it performs well. So I think that's definitely something they're gonna have to to address, you know, going forward and making the schedule. And you know, that's kind of the end of the year. That I thought it was a good season, new car, some things they're gonna have to get fixed. Safety, obviously, is a big mm-hmm. one. But you know, making it more raceable at the short tracks because that's what we all love. We want right. to see the short tracks. And, you know, going into next year, that there's some things to talk about. And new short tracks, one of them, bringing Wilkesboro back. Yeah, All-Star absolutely. Race. I think that's a huge deal. It's one thing that all NASCAR fans have talked about. Doesn't matter if you're 30 like myself or you're 60. Man, let's find a way to bring Wilkesboro back. And they did it. Going to have a what, truck race there. Um, then they're going to have the All-Star yeah. race. and um you know, a couple other storylines for next year is Kyle Busch not driving the Gibbs car anymore, going to RCR in the number eight, the Chicago Street course. You know, and we're going to have a, a season preview sometime in February. But just, you know, kind of for this offseason to think about those things, it's the first time in years we're going to see Kyle Busch not driving that 18 M&M's car, and that's yeah, weird. the first time you're not going to see an 18 car, period, Joe Gibbs car in 30 years. Yep. I mean, that's, that's – Changing over to the 54 with Ty Gibbs and – you know, interested to see how the Chicago street course goes. They want to stay in that market. They got rid of Road America. Chicago land's gone. Can they race the street course? I mean, I think they're going towards that F1 model of can we get all kinds of people out? And, you know, I'm an F1 fan, but it's totally different. Right. It's different racing, and I hope that they can pull it off. And if not, they need to pull the plug pretty quick. Let's not keep messing around, and let's just go back to the fairgrounds, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm, I'm down with that. But that's our short synopsis of the 2022 season. You know, we're gonna we're gonna again early February we'll do a, a 2023 season preview, and we'll we'll make that a good long one. Talk about the tracks we we're thinking about going to. You know, where we think some people can excel. We'll do a preseason Final Four pick and a and a championship, and we'll go from there. And for you NASCAR fans, we're we're big NASCAR fans here, so we're gonna continue to put NASCAR content out and. You know, I hope, hope you enjoyed it. And, and please, if you've enjoyed the, the last couple podcasts, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, get it out to your friends. And and let's see if we can get this thing out there. Yeah, just looking forward to in, in February next year, just diving in. Daytona 500 is a big deal. I mean, we it's a, it's a fantastic race. Um, and I'm really excited. There's a lot of unknowns going into this season, a lot of new things going on. So, yeah, you NASCAR fans, um, or you guys that might not be NASCAR fans, become a NASCAR fan and, and, and check us out. And, and, we, and we'd love to have you keep listening. 
Well, that's that sounds good. We appreciate you listening uh, here on the Big Boy Sports Corner. Until next time. Y'all be good.